Uh, this Sunday, I've been speaking on the on the Sundays about uh, the problem of uh, a lot of the, the younger generation, our children, our adult children, our grandchildren, um, kind of distancing themselves from the Catholic faith, falling away, not attending church. Uh, a, a big a big issue. I don't I don't presume I'm going to stem the tide in any significant manner, but I need to do something and say something about it, and we need to make some kind of effort be able to speak to our kids and. Uh, um, uh, do something. And uh, so I spoke two different Sundays about it. This Sunday I'm going to speak about, um, it's going to be a, a homily about uh, the church's vision of human sexuality. Because when you talk to uh, a lot of people, one of the reasons, big reasons that they give, were, you know, I'm not interested in the church. The church is just a big uh, big set of laws and rules. And they tell me I can't do this and I can't do that. And it usually has to do with sexual morality. I mean, that's the big uh as they call it, the pelvic issues are the are the, <laughs> the things that people take exception to with the with the church. So I want to address that, and I want to basically portray the church's vision of human sexuality as a fundamentally positive thing, not a negative thing, because it's perceived as negative. No, 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 no. It's really actually a very positive thing. So that's going to be kind of the the burden of my uh, Sunday homily. Um, we, I think we see a little bit of what I'm going to be talking about here in our first reading from the book of Genesis. It's really kind of a big deal. Genesis is, is an amazingly important book. It's the foundation, really, of the whole Bible. And uh, what's at stake in all of the book of Genesis, and really for the first five books of the, of the Bible, throughout the rest of the Old Testament and the New as well, is this passage from Genesis chapter 3. It's a, a prophecy about Mary and Jesus. And uh, God says to um, says to the woman, uh, "I will place enmity between your seed and uh, his seed, referring to the devil. And he, the seed of the woman, will uh, strike your head, uh, strike the head of the serpent, and and he shall strike at his heel." So it's, it's this prophecy. It's very mystic and veiled, but it's talking about this cosmic conflict between uh, the seed of the woman, who is Jesus Christ. And the devil, and the eventual uh, overthrow of the devil, and the victory of Christ. So there is this whole idea of the seed coming about, and uh, human generation, um, marriage, and uh, reproduction, uh, it, or procreation is at, really at stake in the Book of Genesis. So you have um, the seed is going to come forth from the woman. When is he going to come? When is he going to come? When is he going to come? And it's, he's always imperiled. He's always under danger because uh, Cain kills Abel, for example. And then they have to have another child, Seth. So then the, the godly lineage, the seed, is going to now come through Seth. Okay. So it goes on and on, and there's all this danger that takes place. Abraham, then, is kind of a culmination point of this sort of drama. Uh, God says to Abraham, in your seed all the nations of the world will be blessed. So speaking about Jesus Christ. And uh, there, there's another danger that Abraham has. We heard not recent, not too long ago, I think it was yesterday or the day before, of God actually asking Abraham to take Isaac, his seed, and sacrifice him. Okay, Another threat to the seed. Um, and uh, we know how that how that turned out. Abraham was rewarded for his for his faith, and Isaac, the chosen, you know, descendant of the, of the chosen lineage, continues onwards. So, and today we see another another threat, and this is the threat. The threat is that Isaac is going to marry 
um, a Canaanite woman who's going to be an idolater and the true monotheistic religion is not going to um, prevail in the world. And uh, the seed is imperiled yet again. And so now the, the Bible is a very much an adult book and there's no children present among us, but there is really a lot of adult content in the Bible when you read it very closely. Um, uh, the, the servant of Abraham, Abraham says to the servant, put your hand under my thigh. Okay, now, now actually that's a euphemism for his genitalia. Okay, so he's actually asking the servant to place his hand on his genitalia and swear, uh, to make an oath, that he's not going to go and, and take a, a woman for his wife Isaac from amongst the idolatrous Canaanites. But we have, you know, the genitalia is not, uh, it shouldn't be a bad thing or an embarrassing thing. It's kind of funny, right? But it, it really shouldn't be because it contains the seed, the promised seed of Jesus Christ is going to be coming forth from the loins of Abraham. And um, uh, so this is, this is what's at stake. Now, what's amazing is that the seed finally comes eventually, and he lives a celibate life. Isn't that interesting? He doesn't marry and what we see, really, in all of this is that marriage and procreation is ordered towards a spiritual destiny. It's ordered towards heaven. God gave human beings the power of generation, not so that the earth would be peopled, but so that heaven would be peopled. And whenever we lose sight of that, that's where human sexuality goes completely awry. It goes off. Uh, it says in the book of Malachi, um, Why did I make the two one flesh? so that they might produce godly seed. Godly seed. That's the whole point of marriage. So if you think that you know marriage and human sexuality is just about your own earthly happiness, you're really, you're really off base. And um, the whole course of God's will for the church and for the world is going to go awry. God's will for marriage and human sexuality is a spiritual and eternal and heavenly one. God intended that he gave uh, man and woman the incredible power to procreate so that heaven would be populated. Uh, and then at that point, marriage, its purpose, comes to an end. That's why Christ says in the Gospel, those who are worthy to attain to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They're like the angels in heaven. So marriage is an interim state, and it's ordered towards eternal life with God in heaven. Uh, and whenever we kind of lose that vision of marriage uh, and human sexuality, it just it's a mess. And because of the fall, because of original sin, there's the advent of lust into the world, and lust disorders human sexuality. Uh, no longer is there a fullness, no longer is there a fullness of love in the heart of the husband and the wife, uh, but now there's, a, there's an emptiness, there is uh, division, there is uh, conflict, um, there is use, manipulation, as opposed to selfless giving of oneself and service uh, between the spouses, and uh, it's, it's a real mess. But Jesus came to heal us of that disorder. And we see in our gospel today, I came not to heal. Uh, I came as a physician, he says. Physician um, is, is not about healing those who are uh, good, but he came for the sick. And so there is a kind of a sickness. Uh, lust is a sickness. 
But we thank God for Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the grace that he merited on the cross. The human person can be regenerated and that vice, the passions, can be overcome. And instead of lust, there can be love. And human sexuality uh, and procreation can be ordered aright, can be healed by that divine physician, can be ordered aright, and can be directed towards what it was meant to be directed towards, and that is heavenly things and eternal life.